Jacob Cooper. It's a pleasure to be here with you today to share my experience of my own near-death experience that I had that was around 30 years ago. So I know many of you are familiar with hearing ND ears who have had their experience as an adult, but mine was a little bit different. I had mine as just a toddler, which does happen quite, off, quite more often than you would imagine. It was September of 1993, so to give my age, I was just the age of three years old at this time, and I was going to a playground with family friends on that day. As I got in, out of the car and I went into the playground, I began to have a difficult time breathing. Now, during this time, bear in mind, I didn't know this, but I had something called whipping cough, otherwise known as pertussis which for infants, children, and even in small cases of adults could be fatal and quite damaging. And so at this time I had this whipping cough and I went to the park and then when I was, you know, in the playground, I began to have a very difficult time breathing while I was about to go onto a ladder onto a slide. And as I got up onto the top of the ladder onto the slide, I began to suffocate. And during this moment, I literally had no breath. There was nothing that I could hold onto or grab onto. And we think of breath as some, not something that we always notice and sometimes it could be taken for granted for. And this very moment, I recognized that this is what kept me being in this human body. But without it, I was in this kind of weird place. So I wasn't quite in the body, but wasn't quite you know, over there, I was in this weird place of torment and endless suffering and panic. During this time, I began to notice that my body just wasn't working due to the deprivation of oxygen and not having my own breath. And then moments later, as if you're into a car and the car that you're trying to work and start isn't driving and the engine not working, it wouldn't be smart to stay into the car. So I decided to get out of the car and to check out the engine to see what was going on. And then the disembodied state, I was able to really become more aware of not only of my own body, but my own brain, which in that moment, I recognized that my brain was slowly being deprived of oxygen. Have you heard of the Akashic Records? They're a really special alternative healing modality where we get access to your entire... Oxygen. And then a couple moments later, I was aware of my brain and, you know, all the different functional components of it, as well as the body. They say in life that we use a very small percentage of our brain within our lives. And as a three-year-old who had no medical background, who did not know any of this in my human state, I could certainly attest to this being valid, that when I was in the disembodied state, there was not only more awareness that I'll get to of other celestial spiritual phenomenon but also physically i was a lot more aware of things that i wasn't privy to at that time moments later due to the deprivation of oxygen i felt my brain literally snap in half and i felt a large crack within my brain and a large snap it's kind of felt like you know like a lightning or thunderstorm it was just this large crack that i felt and slowly as the saying goes when my brain cracked in half or cracked open that's when spirit and god came in and moments later i was able to feel myself racing 
into a tunnel, into this quite familiar light. And I was going upwards and upwards to where there's no beginning, no middle, no end. The only word that I could describe it as a timeless euphoria with no limitations to how good I felt and how high I soared in that moment. It was as if I was going on the fastest roller coaster on the innermost journey within. Moments later, I became aware of my body. And I became aware that's the right side of my body, right side of my brain, which now I learned represents the creativity and the wisdom that we get, the insight that we get. I became aware of an incredibly immaculate palace that was so beautiful and bright, I almost had to shield myself from looking at it. But I was able in this disembodied state to look at the palace and to really hear this beautiful high-pitched angelic choir within it. And the light was so incredibly emanating. I will use the word God for convenience state, but you could use the word universe, the center of the universe, the creator of all things, whatever your vernacular describes. I've got news for you. It's pretty limiting to what it actually was. You know, words can be limiting, but this is the format that we have. And in that moment, I knew that I was really touching upon the centerpiece of creation itself and the pinnacle of reality, which all things emanate from, which I guess in our words we could refer to as God, but to me it was beyond any word. Uh, and then in that moment, moments later, I was able to feel myself begin to be enveloped in this beautiful, unconditional love and i was aware of these colors it was almost kind of like a bronze and gold kind of like colors that was flashing in front of me in this moment i did not see jesus christ himself in front of me physically but no it was way deeper than that i felt the consciousness of christ itself in that moment it's as if it was this whisper this vibration on the other side that i was listening to and I think we all are beyond our own bodies, our own personalities. There's a consciousness beyond us. And I think that's really what I tapped into, the highest version of the consciousness that we view as Christ. And in that moment, I felt quite a sense of comfort, a, a, a sense of enveloping in this love. You have to bear in mind that, you know, I was still contemplating you know, my body and being three years old and my parents and the life that I was going to live. And so there was an adjustment phase that was certainly happening in my NDEs. I was connected to a part of myself that was beyond my three-year-old self. I was connected to my eternal soul, which is timeless and ageless and has an awareness beyond just our personalities that we have while we incarnate in different bodies and different ages. So I say two things could be true at the same time, that I had an awareness of myself, a three-year-old, you know, Jake or Jacob, but also an awareness of my eternal soul, which was even more beyond the personality and age chronologically in its developmental stage of that life that I was living. And in that instant, I was able to feel a sense of comfort, comfort in the clear recollection that all is well, was well, will be well, is the best way I could describe it. That in our lives, we're used to, as Lao Tzu would say, holding onto the past, which creates just more sadness, or bracing for the future, which creates more anxiety. 
but I was able to be in this timeless moment that I know the other side is non-linear and on the other side all things are perfect just as they are and you're enveloped in an incredible unconditional love that looks up at you not down at you and sees the real you as this beautiful divine spiritual being forever connected to the divine and in that instant a couple moments later I was aware of myself going down on the slide and I was able to the right and to the left side of me to see my own spirit guides they were incredibly immaculately beautiful as well as familiar there was a male and female guides guide that I saw and I just felt a sense of embarrassment that I forgot that they were with me this whole time my guardian angels and spirit guides but I was able to see them to the sides of me and they helped my body go down the slide moments later I became aware of all the people that I went to the park and the playground that day and they were surrounding my body and so my body was lying on the ground and all the people were calling to me they're saying Jake get up Jake get up and I wanted to just shake them and tell them that I was totally fine but it was a little bit of torture because I could see them and they, but they were looking at my body and recognized that my body was not me it was just a vehicle of the soul of my soul's expression and I was aware of the people that were with me in the park but I became aware of who they really are much like you know God in the spirit realm was able to see the real me I was able to see their own spirits beyond their personalities beyond their presentations or limitations and it was incredibly divine I was able to see their auric fields was able to be aware of who they are even beyond this lifetime and what some of their you know as we say karma and dharma is and i just kind of got them like an x-ray of their souls um you know and then slowly i saw right above my hovering body was an endless array of angels or as i refer to it in life after breath of sea of angels which is my first book and it was a sea of angels that was literally floating right above me and so to describe it it's kind of like you're tuning into a radio station but on their side you tune it you tune up that station just a little bit and you have all these things that are right here around us protecting us and with us at all times that we can't see with the physical eyes but they are there and when i was looking at the angels they were quite distinguished and different from the spirit guides for instance the spirit guides or the guardian angels were really concerned about me we had a connection and it was very nuclear whereas the angels that I saw they were floating sending energy and almost looked uniform on their presentation they were quite youthful and they were like a gold and bronze kind of color and it's that same kind of color that I saw earlier on and I almost had to pinch myself because it just was this beautiful filter of angels and I was almost it felt familiar to my spirit but to my three-year-old self it was an adjustment to see all these beautiful angelic beings but then I just got familiarized with it and I just remembered that okay you know this is home hey what's up everyone so I'm heading out right now to do some location scouting and I thought to myself I... I'm here now and after looking at these angels, I just saw that they were here 
to just serve and send energy, and they had no identities. They were just here to, as beings and conduits of just love and protection and guidance to the earth plane. They had no concept of taking. They were just here to give. And to me, that's the closest embodiment of God itself is to here to love, serve, and remember, and to give over love, light, and peace to all that we encounter. Within a couple of flashes later, I became aware of my own what's called soul family, which is you kind of view it like a play where you know we have different plays in our lifetimes throughout different you know incarnations and different journeys, and we're a part of a similar cast with you know different plays. Some of the cast may take different roles, such as a spouse, a son, and they might interchange it. And it's all about lessons and learning and understanding different perspectives, as well as cultures, to make us more of a, of a truly universal citizen that understands all things on maybe the other side of the life that you were living before, to make a more balanced, more informed, more empathic, most importantly, spiritual being. But in that moment, I felt quite familiarized with my soul family, and similar to my spirit guides. I felt a little bit of a sensation of embarrassment, and, and it wasn't. None of this was coming. Bear in mind from them, the judgment was my own judgment. So again, we still, uh, you know, the thought. I want to be clear that the thought energy that we still have is still there. We still process things. We still carry what I call the eternal observer, the soul. You know, which is we're always, you know, kind of taking things in on a deep level and observing things. You know, which is the eye and the window of our soul. You know, life continues, you know, beyond this. But there's more awareness that really heightens our ability to understand and process things, and not take as much time and go off as many, you know, roads that might take us off the wrong path or the misguided paths that we can't have in the human experience. But in looking at my soul family, I became embarrassed that、uh, I just remembered having, you know, in what we call. You know the charting phase of this life. I just remember having all these agreements with my angels and soul family members and all my, you know, inner team. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> like a couple of years later, I was coming back to them. It's as if you have a grand party to go into the military. You know, then a week or two later, you come back and just say,、ah, "It's not for me." I, you know, whatever wasn't meant to be. So, you know, it was a little bit of a. I felt like a letdown. Like there was more work to be done. You know, and then that instant, I was posed a question、uh, from the collective team, which is, "Will I stay with them, with my spirit team, and on the other side, and continue there, as life will continue, and as we know, continues here and there, it's eternal, or would I continue to work on the life as Theodore Jake or Jacob and live that life out?" And it was one of the most challenging questions that I've ever been posed in my life, and. Obviously, if I answered it differently, I wouldn't be here talking to you in front of you today.、It、might come through in a medium or something like that, but that might be a different form of <laughs> of our communication here today. But I I kind of was wondering, of curiosity, you know, as to if I do finish this life out, what will I look like? What will it be like? You know, why am I here? And in that instant, I was aware of different flashing imagery of. The life that I would be doing and the impact that I would be having, I became aware of a lot of different faces that I would be speaking in front of, and to see their change of energy, 
and how much this experience impacted them and the work that I would be doing impacted them. They also became aware you know, of different lifetimes that I've lived. And so I had a firm understanding that I know where I'm going to. I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm infinitely connected to. And I know that I can never die. But that window of the hereafter, I didn't have to wait until I died in this lifetime. I could access it at all times. I think that's all of our tasks is to bring the hereafter into the here now to really be true to ourselves as eternal, infinite spiritual beings having these human experiences. This is a secret for bringing heaven down to earth. It's all about re remembering. And so I close where I was with that choice, with that decision, I had all of the beings leaving my own awareness in that moment. But I knew that they could never leave my heart. They could leave my physical eyes, but I was always eternally connected to them through my own intuition, through my own heart, and through my own inner being. And I knew and remembered that they never left me. I could leave them, but they can never leave me. <laughs> could try to leave them rather, but I can never leave them. And with that, there was a power of choice. And I understood how significant choices within the lives that we live, it's our bedrock to everything is choice. You could take away everything from anyone, but if you have the power of choice, and by choice meaning choosing where you want to focus on, choosing your mind, or importantly, choosing your attitude and your faith, these are the pillars that will allow your consciousness to take on whole new levels. And so moments later, I was woke up on a hospital bed, you know, and my mother was with me in the room and there was a doctor there who was trying to operate me. But I felt an extreme sensation of anger, which looking back at it as a therapist, I know is an expression of the intensified trauma that I had, the trauma suffocation, as well as the trauma of this incredibly profound transition from going from a theater role to had some connection to this stuff, but not on the deep level. It's now all of a sudden coming back to that thorough body, and I just couldn't look at life ever the same, but I almost had to, to survive. And I just recognized that I was different going forward, and everything about me was different. And so the suffocation of those moments in my near-death experience continued several decades later. They really stopped until I was able to really process and make sense of it all. And once I started to really tell these encounters, I recognized that this experience and any experience that we have in life is not about us, but we're here to make meaning and we're here to connect it to other people as we are truly one. And it's our duty and job to be our brothers and sisters keeper. And so coming to you from a playground, which I really just see as an allegory symbology for life. We're all children, we're all children of God. We're all our brothers and sisters keeper here to uplift, not to bog down and to support one another in this game that we call life. And so I don't believe it was by coincidence that I had my experience in a playground and that my name was Jacob. For those of you familiar, Jacob was a biblical individual. It was a biblical man who was in Genesis in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and he you know, fleed from his brother Esau. 
and while he was fleeing, he had a dream of angels going up and down onto the ladder. And so the irony, synchronicity, and tender, the clear understanding, I think that your name tells your potential or who you could be is true with my life. And this inspired me to publish my second book. My first book is called Life After Breath. My second book is called The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. So similar to Jacob, in a playground into a ladder, I had my near-death experience. And so what I walked into in my near-death experience was not in my control, but what I walked out of it, the meaning behind it, is my responsibility. And it's my hope that many listeners could understand the same understanding that we walk into this life and what happens to us isn't necessarily in our control, but how we're able to find meaning from it, the lessons that we're able to have from it, the growth that we uh, come from it, becomes a measure of the meaning that we have within our lives and the purpose that we have within our lives. And so it's my hope that you all got some insight, some meaning, and some of this stuff was familiar. I believe each and every one of you are sitting here today because of familiarity. You're here today listening because there's a part of you, whether you had a near-death experience, shared-death experience, spiritual transformative experience, or none of the above, there's a part of you from first-hand encounters that speaks very closely to you. So it's my hope that this experience will allow you to take ownership of yourself, your life experience, so that this world isn't writing your story, but you can write one from a much higher vantage point. Keep on writing, keep on living, keep on searching, and keep on finding the deep meaning within. And don't be afraid to lose yourself, because sometimes to find yourself, you have to be willing to lose yourself. I know that happened to me. I'm living proof of that. I'm losing my own body and that old self that I had. But I was able to gain a whole new perspective within time within life. You can too. So I wish you all love, peace, grace. And thank you for joining me here today. Let's stay in touch. Keep on listening to these encounters. They can change lives. Believe me. Thank you. <clears throat> Jacob's book is called Life After Breath. It's very, very inspiring, very, very insightful. And really, that's what my heart tells me life is about, loving and encouraging each other. Fabulous NED experience. Hope you enjoyed that. Look him up, Jacob Near Breath Experience. I died and explored who we were in past lives and future places. A boy's nearest death. NDE Diary is the name of the YouTube webpage.